huge savings on new and previously leased furnishings. That's right, huge savings. At Court Furniture Clearance Center, choose from our wide variety of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. You'll find sofas from $199.99 and more. Everything in our 9,000 square foot showroom is Court certified, guaranteed, and in stock. Ready for delivery or to take home today. Visit our Chantilly Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off. Well, welcome. Thank you for joining me for this edition of Legal and Business Q&A Live. I'm your host, Peter Lamont. Um, before we get going today, I want to thank everybody who has uh, just subscribed. We have a, a bunch of new subscribers. Um, we've seen uh, sort of an uptick on the uh, the iTunes subscription list and on our YouTube channel. I'd like to thank you all for subscribing and for listening to this podcast and viewing our videos. So um, today we we have two questions, and uh, before I get into those questions, one obviously is business, one is legal. Before I get into them, I just want to mention a couple things. A, um, if you heard yesterday during the Week in Review, we updated the utlradio.com website, and now there is a feature where you can ask your question directly through the website, and it's um, it's it's like a um, a voice message. So you can just speak directly in your computer. It records your question. We get notification of it. And then if we choose your question to uh, air um, during the live broadcast, then you're going to get a free mug, um, and we're bringing back the T-shirts too. So that's something to look forward to. But go to utlradio.com, look at the Ask a Question page, and just click on the um, Start button and record your question. Just leave your name and your question. We'll get it, and we'll answer it on the air. So it's a new feature. It's actually something that um, I learned about from Pat Flynn from AskPat.com, and we're using a very similar setup, and, and it's, um, it's the same widget that he uses. So I'd like to thank him for giving me the idea uh, because I think it will help our listeners have an easier time asking questions. Now you don't have to type it, think about what your question was, Hope you remember it later on when you get a chance to go back and, and write it down. And you can just talk it right into your computer, speak it right into your computer. So that's new on the utlradio.com website. The other thing I want to do is I want to thank our sponsor. And today's show is sponsored by Audible. And Audible is a great service. I know you know a lot of people um, don't get into the audiobooks, but I mean we're so busy. I find myself so busy that I'm unable to read as many books in a month's time as I'd like to. So I use Audible. I think it's great. I use it in the car. I use it when I'm in the shower. Um, and just any free time that I have, I'm trying to get through a book, I'll do it on Audible. So um, Audible is offering a free download, a free book, to anyone who goes to the link uh, that is posted on our site, utlradio.com. But I'm going to give it to you right now. It is audibletrial.com forward slash UTL radio. And all you do is go over to that page and then get your free book. Give it a try. Uh, it's a free book. 
There's no obligation, but I, I think it's a great service. Um, they have fresh titles, a lot of books about business, and uh, it helps me be able to, to kind of consume all that information. Um, you know, the other thing that's kind of cool about the Audible player that I use on my phone is that you can actually increase the speed of the reading and you can make it uh, a faster read. So you can actually get through a book a little bit faster. Um, they don't sound like Alvin and the Chipmunks, but it's a little bit quicker. So that's a nice feature, too. So I want to thank Audible. All right, let's get into uh, today's question. So the first question comes from Sarah from New York, and her question is this. I believe I have a great case, but no one lawyer can tell me how long the case will last or what it will cost. Why? This is a common question. I mean, this is something that we see all the time. Uh, people are uncertain about the law. It's That's why we do these shows, because we're trying to help you guys have a better understanding about the law and how it works. But in general, people that have never been through a lawsuit before, they don't understand all of the components that come together to actually form a lawsuit. So I don't know if uh, Sarah's case is on the uh, plaintiff's end or the defense end, but I'm going to answer this question and have it really apply to both. So when you go to an attorney and you ask them, what do you think my case is worth on the plaintiff's end. If it's a personal injury case, it's slightly easier to answer because, in general, every jurisdiction has a sort of value range for particular injuries. And if you go to an experienced personal injury lawyer, he'll be able to guide you and say, all right, if you have a torn meniscus, it's somewhere between 25000 and 75000 or whatever the range might be for that particular jurisdiction. Um, you can't hold the lawyer's feet to the fire because a lot of things happen in a lawsuit that might change that. So, for example, in a personal injury case where the lawyer has given you estimated value, you might be a terrible witness. You might appear at a deposition and look like you're lying or not have sufficient information or not give good enough testimony to make it compelling where a defendant would want to settle with you because they don't want you to get on the stand and have a jury feel sympathetic towards you and award you a lot of money. So that's a factor. Um, now, you know, the personal injury stuff is a little bit different because, like I said, it is a little easier to gauge what sort of dollar range you're looking at and barring any unforeseen situations such as maybe the client isn't telling the truth or... Um, there's bad testimony or all of a sudden from out of nowhere, the defense brings in a star witness who has additional information that sort of discredits the plaintiff's case. A personal injury case, in my opinion, is the easiest to give a client sort of a range of worth. Now, what about length? How long does it take? How long am I going to be in this case? Again, I think it's slightly easier on the personal injury side to say, well, a case like this generally lasts between one and a half and two years. It's just more of a routine practice. Um, we can talk at another time about the components of a personal injury lawsuit, but for the most part, every personal injury lawsuit looks the same. From If you were to, to, to write it out on paper, how would, a, how would a personal injury lawsuit progress? 
it's all going to have the same flow. And an experienced personal injury lawyer, they have it down pat. You know, they know exactly what's coming next. All right, file the complaint, and then we do this, and then we do that, and then we go to a doctor, and, you know, so on and so forth. So it's more of a systematic um, process, and it's a little bit easier to gauge. Now, on the defense end, it's different because, yes, you have to do certain things uh, in a particular order, but you're also reacting to the plaintiff, and you are trying to create your own defenses. So you're not quite sure in a personal injury suit how much work goes into the defense side. Now, I want to say this as a typical example. I think that for the most part, the defendants typically do more work defending a claim than a plaintiff does, personal injury plaintiff, does prosecuting the claim. And that's just from being on both ends of that spectrum, representing insurance companies defending claims or representing a plaintiff. So that's you know what I'm, where I'm, I'm drawing that information from. Um, but again, it's still personal injury and still a little bit easier to gauge. But what about non-personal injury cases? What about these business cases, contract cases? Well, they are very, very difficult to pinpoint as to time and as to expense. There are so many factors that go into business disputes and contract disputes that it is extremely difficult to say, here's how long it will take. You don't know how motivated the other side is to resolving the matter. You don't know if the other side is deliberately trying to run up your costs. So if you're the plaintiff, Maybe they want you to spend a ton of money. Maybe they're hoping that it'll cost you so much money that you'll end up just settling or giving them what they want. You know, so there's a lot of that um, tactic that goes into defending a lawsuit. Now, the same can be said for a plaintiff in a business matter. Maybe they don't really care how much money they make from the lawsuit. Maybe their goal is to put the other person, the other company, out of business. And they're going to do that by running up the cost of the litigation. So these are factors that you just don't know until you get into the lawsuit. Um, a lot of times you see these sort of things with contractor lawsuits where a, a party has been injured as the result of a bad contract negotiation with the contractor and then the subsequent work that they did was not up to par. Very difficult to say how long is that case going to take. You don't know how many witnesses are going to come on the stand. You don't know how many people you have to depose as non-party witnesses. You just don't know. You, again, have that general structure of here's how a lawsuit is set up, here's how it works, but you have no idea of what comes along the way. And in contract or contractor disputes, there's a lot of information to pour through. You're going to need an expert witness. They're going to have to review documents. The attorney's going to have to review documents. And in contract disputes that are, are complex or contractor litigation, there are a lot of documents to go through. It, it's not um, a, a simple disagreement or it's not a personal injury suit. It's a completely separate animal, and it makes it very difficult 
for any attorney to tell you with certainty how long this case is going to last. And that's why attorneys tend to give you the range. So in answer to Sarah's question, I don't think that any of the attorneys that she's speaking to are deliberately not telling her how much it will cost or how long it's going to take. Rather, I suspect that what's going on is that her case might be more complex and that they're having a hard time giving her a firm answer because they don't know, because they can't tell you. Um, I think sometimes clients believe that their cases are great, that, that, that it's an open and shut case. This should be easy. Anybody can do it. But that's not reality because so many things, there's so many moving parts to a lawsuit that you can't predict. You know, it's, it's similar in a sense to a doctor performing surgery. They're going to go in for a routine operation. They have an idea of how long the operation will take. When they get in there, they realize that there are other problems that they could not have known before. Now an hour surgery ends up taking three and a half hours. You know, but the families of um, patients are generally more forgiving because when the doctor finally comes out and says, it took a little longer because there was scar tissue, it took a little longer because we didn't anticipate A, B, or C, the family of the patient generally is so happy that the patient is all right that they, they come back with a, oh, that's okay, thank you for taking care of them. But it's different with lawyers. Uh, I think it stems from the, 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 the fact that most people distrust lawyers. Um, I do hope that through our shows and our videos that um, the, the public understands that not every lawyer is a bad guy and that some people genuinely do want to try to help people have a better understanding of their rights and obligations. But I understand it. I understand why people um, just don't trust lawyers. There are a lot of people that we deal with um, lawyer to lawyer where I don't trust them. So I get it. But I think that it's very, very hard for a lawyer to lock themselves into something because unlike the family of a, a surgical patient, clients of a lawyer are not as forgiving. So if you tell somebody your case is going to last about 60 days and it lasts 90, you know, it's not uncommon for a lawyer to receive an email from a client you told me it was going to be 60 days, it was 90, and this isn't fair, and I'm upset about this. So that's why lawyers, from a practical standpoint, don't want to lock themselves into something, because A, they can't tell you, and B, if they do give you a time frame, what if they're wrong? And then they run the risk of having somebody be angry because it took longer. Um, you know, We see this all the time. You know, our department that handles some of the personal law matters, like child support modification and divorce, we might file a motion, and we might have an expectation that the court's going to hear it within the next 30 days, and before you know it, the court's putting it off and putting it off and putting it off because their docket's full. And it's hard to explain that to a client because they don't understand why they have to wait. But what people don't think about is you're not the only one. You're one of 10,000 people. And the court can only handle so much. So 
it's hard to to understand as a client, as somebody who has a legal matter and they need help. Because when you're in that situation, all you can focus on is yourself. And I understand that. But that's why, Sarah, they're not able to give you an exact dollar amount or duration for the case. I hope that sort of explains it. I know it was a little bit uh, wordy and long-winded, but I, I hope that it, it answers your question and explains it to you. All right, now let's move into a business question. This is from Kevin from Connecticut. And Kevin asks, I run a small business and can't afford to hire another employee but need help. What can I do? Well, this is a common question on the business end, especially with small business. Small business struggles, you know, I know there are all these supposed government programs to help finance and fund and support small business. But I'll tell you, I just don't see it being as beneficial as some of the ad campaigns would like to make it seem. I think that small business owners struggle. I think it is a very difficult economy. I think it is a very difficult climate. I think that retailers on the small business end face massive competition from big box retailers and from online distributors and sellers. And I think it's a very, very um, difficult climate right now. And I don't know that it's going to change in the foreseeable future. So what does a small business owner who needs help but can't afford to hire another employee do? There are some options. And I'm actually going to do a, uh, a small video series about this topic, but the topic is outsourcing. Now, when we hear outsourcing, right, there's that negative connotation that generally applies. Oh, you're, you're sending American jobs overseas. That's the typical thought process, I believe, um, that most Americans think of when you say the word outsourcing. Uh, in fact, there was even a show, it was a sitcom, maybe three, four years ago, and it depict, uh, or depicted an American company outsourcing all their sales of gimmicks and gag gifts to India. And uh, it, the, the show was actually called Outsourced. Now, that's your typical feeling or explanation or belief of what outsourcing is. But in today's Internet-based age and, and um, with small businesses struggling so much, there is another meaning for the word outsourcing. You can bring in essentially independent contractors to help you. And you can do that the traditional route by putting an ad out for an independent contractor. Or you can use the Internet through certain websites to help you find team members. Now, I want to say something uh, before I mention this site. I am not a partner with this site that I'm going to mention. I don't receive any affiliate funding. There's absolutely nothing. It is just a site that I have had experience with, and um, it's called Odesk. Now, what it is is it's a marketplace where you, a small business owner, can go out and you can look for a, an independent contractor who can help you with a particular task. So, for example, if you happen to be struggling with marketing or writing content for your social media or um, difficulty editing a video that you might be using in a promotional way or you need somebody to help you with bookkeeping, 
you can go to odesk.com. You can type in your search, and you will find a whole slew of people that are selling their services as independent contractors. Now, it looks good. I I have used it myself for certain um, video or marketing tasks. There are some things you've got to be aware of. And, and I'm going to go through that in the video segment uh, and explain exactly some of the things. But one thing I want to mention is the same way that you would screen a potential new hire or would screen um, an independent contractor who's coming in, it still applies to online even though you're going through something like Odesk. What do I mean by that? you still have to do some level of due diligence when you're going to hire somebody from a site like Odesk because they are going to post things online about themselves. And unless you look into it and do some due diligence, you don't know if they're telling you the truth or not. I know a lot of people who have had bad uh, bad experiences with Odesk you know, they'll hire somebody, they'll not fully look at the person's profile, they'll not look at some of the other people that have worked with them, um, they don't ask for recommendations or reference, they, they just hire them. And uh, they find out that they, let's say, hired them to write content for a blog only to find out that the content that comes back is in very poorly written English. And, you know, they don't understand why is this blog post so bad. The person says they're from California. But in reality, the person's from the Philippines or India or somewhere else. And English is not their native language. So that has been something that I've I've heard just in my circles, people complaining about services like Odesk because you don't know if you're really getting a person who is qualified. But, you know, that that burden of due diligence really falls on you because even though you're going to be outsourcing, right, you're still you're hiring an independent contractor. That's that's really the way that it is. So outsourcing is a fancy term, but you're hiring an independent contractor. You need to do due diligence. You need to go and look and make sure that what this person says they're capable of doing, they're going to do. And I know how hard it is. You know, you see how hard it is when you hire an employee. But what do you do? You set up a probationary period. You work with that person so you can see whether or not their skills are up to par. And if they're not, you haven't invested so much time into them that it would be devastating if you let them go. That's how you should handle it. You know, you don't bring in a new employee and dump a ton of stuff on them and say, your resume looked great and you, you were really good on the interview. So good luck. Oh, and by the way, you know, here's all my bank information. You can handle that too. You don't do that. Nobody does that. So it really comes down to you doing some due diligence and looking at sites like Odesk and not just hiring the first thing that sounds good. Look into it. Ask for some references. There's nothing wrong with that. I think if you do a little legwork like that, you're going to have a really, really good experience on sites like Odesk or a good experience with an independent contractor. You can't, as a small business owner, do it all. You just can't. 
There's not enough time in the day or hours in the week to do it all. You can't work on your product or your service and then market and then do bookkeeping. and You just can't. So you do need help. And it's a matter of finding the right help. And I think that when you're looking for small project-based work or longer-term relationships on certain things, a site like Odesk is a really good option. Um, I know that there are a couple of books out there, and we'll talk about them. I'll actually mention one um, during maybe next month's book review uh, about outsourcing. And it's a good book, and it's written by a very popular blogger and uh, business consultant. That's where I originally learned about Odesk. And then I had the experiences of trying it out myself and seeing what people were talking about. So, um, you know, the answer to the question that Kevin presented, how do I go about hiring people when I can't afford to hire any more employees? Look for independent contractors. Look for people that can provide you a service that you can set the cost so you know how much it's going to, to, to be. Uh, you have an idea of what you're paying them, and then you can control how much work you're giving them. So outsourcing through independent contractors and sites like Odesk is the way to do it. It's a good way to do it. I think that if you look at some of the very successful bloggers that are out there today, and I'm just using blogging as an example because most of them are smaller businesses, they outsource a lot of their their work whether it's editing, editing a video or editing a podcast or writing content, they outsource a lot of that. And they find the right people and they forge good relationships and then they're not locked into paying employee taxes or employment taxes. They're hiring an independent contractor. That's how they do it. And so depending upon, Kevin, what your business is and where you need help, maybe you need help in marketing, perfect area to outsource, Maybe you need help in bookkeeping. Another one, good area to outsource. So take a look at odesk.com. Again, I have no connection with them other than I've used them before and have some experience about it. But check it out. See if that's something that works for you. Um, I find that it's easier because there are so many people on Odesk looking for work. It's easier to find somebody that matches what you need, um, much easier than putting an ad out in the paper or taking that out online. So that's my advice on that, odesk.com. There are also other ones. Um, I haven't had any experience with them, so I really can't speak about them, but I'll certainly look into it if anybody is interested in um, having me go and, and check out one of those sites and then reporting on it. be happy to do that. All right, that's going to do it today. So both Sarah and Kevin, you're going to receive a UTL radio mug. And I want to just, again, Remind everybody about that new Ask a Question page on utlradio.com. Go to the site. There is a tab. I believe it is, let me just take a look, the fourth tab over, Ask Your Question. And you click on the tab, and there's some basic guidelines about the length of the question and how do you submit it. But then in the middle of the page, it says send a voice message to me. All you do is hit Start Recording. Ask your question and type in your name, and then I'm going to get notice of your question, and we can play it on air. We can answer it on air. So check that out. Again, I want to thank um, uh, Pat Flynn from, for giving me the idea, 
and it's uh, it's a it's a widget that we're using by Speakpipe, which is a great little service. So hopefully you guys like that too, and you think it's um, it's it's fun and easy. So let me know about that. I also want to thank everybody who uh, regularly downloads and listens to the podcast. If you've got any questions or comments or suggestions or things that you'd like to see on the show, please. I I love hearing from you guys. It really does help me create the right kind of content for you. Um, you know, I could sit here and talk all day, and maybe I think what I'm talking about is great, but it doesn't help you guys. So I really want to have some feedback from you. Let me know if this is the information that you need to help you with your business. And if there are any comments or suggestions, please send them over, and I'll look into them, and we'll see what we can do to make this an even better podcast for you. Uh, Thank you for everyone who has written in and subscribed and for all those new subscribers that we've seen. If you have any other questions, you can go to utlradio.com. You can send me an email. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. And um, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have over 100 videos, and they deal uh, with business and legal topics. There's also episodes of uh, legal Q&A live to all the social media sites are on utlradio.com. So thanks for joining me. Make sure you keep sending your questions in. Use the new uh, Ask a Question feature. I look forward to talking with you guys next time. Um, This Thursday we'll be replaying an interview session on understanding business, and then we're back live Monday with the Week in Review. Talk to you then. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. With 25% off all new and up to 70% off previously leased furnishings, do you really need a better reason to party? We don't think so. Come visit our new Court Furniture Clearance Center with more than 9,000 square feet of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home and office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. Free food, prizes, and fun all weekend long at our Chandelier Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com.